This is an ABC podcast. For almost as long as I've been a mom, I've been a rugby league mom. It's great seeing my sons connect with other players on the field, and for me too. It's a chance to connect with other Pacific Islanders here in Australia when I'm so far from home. Even before I was a mom, playing netball was an escape for me. Something fun outside of the everyday obligations that come with being a woman in the Pacific. So, how about you? Do you play any sport? As women, we're so busy raising children, working, caring for our families, that it's not so easy for us to spend an hour or two each week playing football or basketball or rugby. However, women's sport is growing and a number of Pacific women are playing in professional and amateur leagues, not just for their local clubs, but in clubs all over the world. So what drives them? What makes them want to get out there each week and play their hearts out? For many women, it's so much more than competition and exercise. I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about where sport can take women in the Pacific. Visila Kolikakaru Langilangi has been boxing for more than a decade. When she started, there were very few Fijian women boxers, but now she runs her own club, and her daughters are competitive boxers as well. Boxing was introduced by my husband, though. At the time, we were just starting to get to know each other, so he told me that for me to take up boxing, first of all, for my own self-defense, and it was also uh, rare in Fiji that women were in boxing. Mm. So that was way back in 2000. Wow, interesting. Yes. The first time I, I, I wore the gloves, you know, it feels so different. Mm. You know, that feeling of just putting on the gloves. I had this overwhelming of confidence and power that came into me. Like, I can finally feel that strong. Apart from any other sto- sport that I've taken up, it was totally different. And I fell in love with it. Is it because it is mostly a male sport that you were getting into or because you're trying to break that barrier? First of all, it was that, you know, it was a male dominating sport. And for me, it was also a very challenging um, time for me to break that barrier that women, you know, always have this feeling of being, you know, limited in given limitations on things they have to do. You know, women are, are meant for the kitchen and the house only, you know. Mm. I wanted to change that because I believe in my heart there's more to life than just being a wife, a sister who looks after the family. You know, we, we also have this right that we can participate or compete in any other sport or any other task given because we women, we, we are really strong. I believe we are stronger than men. Good on you. Yes. My upbringing was very challenging because I was among men. I have five brothers and my dad was a police officer. So, you know, the way he drills us, it was a bit tough though. But then when I met my husband, my boyfriend then, now my husband, 
in the way he taught me about boxing, he never knew that I will go this far by exploring more about how boxing has helped me through and empowered me to understand more that I can be, I can defend myself and I'm, I can be confident in what I do. So apart from going into the sport, I'm able to be stronger than I thought. You went through your training and picked up your first gloves. And what was it like when you finally got to compete? Oh, well, when I started training, it was a bit of setback because I was, the, the age was catching up. It took me 10 years to actually done my first competition. Wow. And I have kids in between. Oh, you're amazing. You're amazing, Visila. But I kept my faith that whatever God has uh, given me as this new journey, that it will help me to uh, help others and to tell all the women out there that we can do it. And still, I'm still flying that flag and also do awareness for my first competition. I had my baby girl who is now dominating in Fiji as well. She's 14 years old. She was just breastfeeding at that time. And when I, it was about my opponent came in and she saw me breastfeeding my child and she came and said, oh, I'm not fighting that mom. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, you're a super mama. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, but then I managed to win that first bout and um, it was more overwhelming. It was so exciting just to get in. But then it was deep within me that I told my husband, it's, it's, it's not about boxing. It's about telling those people out there that needs to be helped that try this this sport. It it will help you. It will empower you in some ways. I don't know, because it has done a great deal in my life. And I'm able to do that. And then I went on to compete in amateur up until I was given a chance to compete in Australia. For the WBF. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and now coming back to that, the Fiji Sports Commission was able to give me contracts now and then for their programs to do awareness and create pathways for those that are interested in boxing for more female and male participants. Yeah, and now um, my kids are in boxing as well. My eldest is the one who won the New South Wales title. And she just turned 21. My second kid, who's 16, just represented Fiji in Samoa. And my daughter, who's 14 years old, is doing well right now in Fiji. She's also doing boxing and my 11 and then my kids. So everything starts here in home. Then to my community, to wherever I have a chance to talk about awareness and empowerment. It's a great blessing just to share what it can do to us women. Five years ago, Visila's husband, the man who had introduced her to boxing when they first met, was paralyzed in an accident. That could have been the end of his association with boxing. Instead, Visila started the Butterfly Boxing Club to help him stay in the sport he loved. I asked my husband, if we, he could share his knowledge, I can be his hands and legs because I wanted to inspire him and tell him that it's, it, it's not yet done. He's not yet done and we needed him. And that's how we, we are able to 
to create this beautiful club, Butterfly Boxing Club. It 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 was formed through love. Yeah. And now we have 15 boxers and some boxers have left us to go on to another career. They're able to get careers out of this. It's so yeah. amazing. And who comes to train there? And why do they come there? Oh, some of them come in for self-defense. Some come in to, for pathways. Some need for career. Do mothers, yeah. mothers like yourself come also to train? Yes. Some, when they have problems with their husbands and, you know, for stress relief, they just ask me for advice. And I said, why not? Just come and hit the bag. Punch a bag. <laughs> just hit the bag. <laughs> just bring his frustration to the bag. <laughs> yeah. And our, our, our club, is, we don't require fees in here. Me and my husband, we've talked about it for years that we, we don't, it's not good to, you know, require fees despite our situation. Because uh, it's more like we are doing this for the love of the sport and we are trying to share good things for empowerment to young kids and pathway and to help others. Yeah. And a lot of our kids that I hear come from a broken family background. Yeah. Ah, that's wonderful. So, that is great. And yeah. you've mentioned how your children are following your footsteps and uh, especially your 14-year-old daughter. Will Fiji have a female boxing world champion in the near future? I'm praying. I'm praying and I'm hoping because that's that's her goal. That's what has been set for her. Her records have been really good so far. Her experience and her heart is very strong. So when their dad had their, his last fight, the two of my kids uh, promised their dad they, and he lost, their dad lost. When they were watching, when they were really young and they told their dad, dad, we promised that one day we'll bring the, the world belt to you. Oh, that's amazing. That's so beautiful. That's Visila Kolikakaru Langilangi, a Fijian boxer and founder of the Butterfly Boxing Club. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. What does sport have to do with climate change? I want you to meet Milika Fifita, who I think would give just about any sport a try. I grew up playing a lot of sports. So in high school, I was in the athletic teams. I did shot put, discus, javelin. And then after high school, there were some clubs that I joined here in Tonga. There was soccer. And when it was the rugby season, then I'll go into rugby. And then after that, I'll be doing a bit of bodybuilding here and there. That's a lot. I kind of lost track there. <laughs> <laughs> then about a year ago, she found out about an opportunity to give basketball a try. Three months later, she was on the Tongan women's basketball team playing for the Poly Cup. When they were announcing they needed a player for basketball, this was new and I... I was curious what it's going to be like. So, yeah, so I, I, I went in and I uh, tried out for basketball. It was really hard at first, but going and I'm trying out and just keep on playing. And now that I'm, I think this is one sport that I'm very passionate about. Did you love the sport straight away? I did not like it at first. Um, it was just three months before the Polynesian Cup, which was held in New Zealand. Eh? So... I hate going into playing sports if I'm not, I don't know the rules, if I'm still a bit beginner level. I didn't like that. 
that was really a challenge when um, we went in to play basketball. I just didn't like it at first because I went in with the mindset that I'm not, I'm not at a level to play national. I'm not good enough. But we had a really good support system in Kaitaia. Our president, our director, and the teammates that came from overseas when we got together, they were very encouraging. Just sitting there watching them, playing together with them, it inspires us to to work a bit more when we came back after the competition. And yes, I didn't like it at first, but you show up every day and you keep playing and then I like it now. When did it start to click for you, being part of the team and the competition? It wasn't during the game. It was a lot of confusion during the game. So I think when it not when it started clicking to me was after the Polynesian Cup competition. Um, seeing a lot of talented player and um, seeing our Tongan people playing the game because I grew up netball and rugby was the, our national game, but seeing them playing it beautifully and like the passion that they play with, it was incredible to watch. And coming back, training, playing with the with our our teammates here, then it start clicking. Okay, we can do this. This is a this is a sport that I can do. It's a beautiful sport. You learn a lot from from basketball. It's a bit similar to netball, but again, Tonga is like a, a force in netball in the Pacific. So yeah, with the Tala team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me about the team, and was it easy for you to bond with them? Yes, I think with the six players that we went with from here in Tonga, I think the only barriers were the the language. Some of us, like half of the team here, we don't really speak English that well, but they came with... Um, so we used to speak Tongan a lot. And with them, the overseas players coming, they don't know that much about the Tongan language. So that was... a. Uh, a little bit of challenge, but getting to bond with them was easy because when we come together and we know that we're Tongans, we just do anything to just like to get to know each other. So maybe the language was a, a little bit of challenge, but we overcame that. The bond was beautiful. We got to know each other a lot more when we were there in Amtaya. Even if it was just a week um, spending time together, we got to bond with a lot of our teammates. Yeah, there's a special thing about uh, an islander, being an islander. You just click right away. Oh, yes. And were the players, the overseas players, were they Tongan living overseas or were they overseas players? Uh, they're Tongans living overseas. Some of them um, play, there was a D1 player, Leslie Luffy now. There were some of them um, play for their college in overseas in America and some in New Zealand. So they were very good. And I think another challenge was um, because we only had three months of training and they have years of experience of playing basketball. So there was a bit of like a gap there trying to learn to work together because um, they're very good and come in with just three months of training, not really still uh, a bit shaky with dribbling, with shooting they were at a level that it was hard for us to try to keep up during the game. What have you learned about the power of sport for making social change? Sports has this unique ability of uniting the community. And I grew up seeing how that works with the rugby and the netball. Whenever there's a game, everyone is united, like whatever background you come from. If you're Tongan and the team, the Tongan team are playing, everyone just comes together, cheer on the team. 
And um, I think also sport is a good platform for for women to, you know, be empowered, feel confident in, make decisions. It's such a good, it's a useful platform that we can use sport in the community to to create awareness of social issues such as climate change, empower our girls and our women. And there's a whole lot of things that you can use sport as a tool to help impact society. Apart from doing so many things in sport, you study environmental science. What drew you to that field of study? There's a lot of climate change um, issue happening here in Tonga. We're third at risk country in the world to climate change. That really kind of like scared me. When you know that your future is going to be, you don't know what's going to happen to you or the future generation that you want to start now um, making a change the recent volcanic eruption, the tsunamis, and then every year the cyclones got more intense. It would be good to to know what's happening around the world, in the country, how climate change impacts us. It would be good to know that and um, however I can help to help tackle this issue. That's fantastic. It's not for Tonga only, but the rest of the Pacific needs more young people like you to think this way, so good on you. Does playing basketball or any sport help you to deal with your fears and anxieties about climate change? It really does. Um, when you're playing basketball, it feels like everything just falls away. All the fears, all that heavy thoughts that on your mind that you about climate change, um, your family's expectations. When I'm playing the game or just out there playing sports, you just feel so free, especially as a young woman. And that hit of dopamine after the game is it's just amazing. So it's a good place to go and get your mind sorted out. How do you want to use basketball to raise awareness of climate and environmental issues? By using basketball, we can initiate like little projects around the community or after school hoops or health um, activities where you bring in the kids. We're going to introduce basketball in a fun way, but also like talk about, hey, do you know that what is climate change? Just raising awareness of what's happening around the community and then um, telling them how we can be resilient or how we can live in a way that helps decrease our footprint and our contribution to climate change. And even like during the game, we can um, provide a platform where everyone can just discuss how how they feel about it, what what are ideas that we can um put together to to help tackle this issue. It's a it's a good platform and um we can also use basketball um in the weekend, like little projects there where we invite women to come together and just talk about these issues and then it, it's also a way to like empower them to feel confident, to talk out, make decisions. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very excited and to see how the more that I'm going to learn about basketball and how it works, how I can use that to help our community here in Tonga. Good on you. And what's next for you in basketball? Is there a big competition coming up? Uh, there is a competition coming up in Solomon Islands. There will be the Pacific Games. We have our women's 5x5 playing. We also have 3x3, both women and men. So that is exciting. Um, I think last year's um, game introduced, like, show the world that, oh, okay, there is a national basketball team and so many parents 
And our kids reach out, they want to play for Tonga, they want to represent the country. So that was good. It, it was kind of like a good way to to recruit more kids, especially kids that are playing at a very high in a professional level. So that's exciting to see who's going to represent us in the Pacific Games. I've been training. I'm very committed to my training and been disciplined. And if provided with the opportunity again to stand on court and sing our national anthem, I'll be so happy. It's going to be huge. But even if I don't make it, like, it's okay. If there are people that are better than me, go in. I'm all for it. We just need to elevate this sport. We need to grow basketball. We need to get that medal. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see when I go and try out. Well, I hope you do make it because I'm going to be following you when you play. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Would this be the first time you've been involved in the Pacific Games or did you compete in other sport? Yes, this is going to be the first time going and see what it's like in the Pacific Games. I've seen videos of just our netball team and people going to Pacific Games, but it's I just can't, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just really excited to see what it's going to be like. Even if I don't make it to the team, I'm still going to go and cheer from the sideline. And yes, it'll be good to see how it there. And it's just amazing to be around, surrounded by not just our Tongan national athletes, it's just looking at um, Samoa, Tahiti, Fiji, BNG, everyone coming together and like, and see their talents being showcased on either in um, netball, basketball. It's just a beautiful experience to see how the Pacific are doing in sports. That would be so exciting to see Milika Fifita play basketball for Tonga at the Pacific Games in November. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a selection. But of course, after all that, my fingers and toes will be crossed for Papua New Guinean competitors. Antoinette Miniti loved to play football, or should I say soccer. She started playing as a young girl living in New Zealand. Then when her family moved back to Solomon Islands, she joined her local club. But a back injury meant she couldn't stay on the field. Instead, she pursued a career in coaching. Now she's the Women's Football Development Officer for the Solomon Islands Football Federation. I guess coaching is a way of giving back to the kids what you learn through playing. When you're working with children, you know that you are making an impact in their lives. The Solomon Islands national women's football team finished third in the OFC Women's Nations Cup last year. And with the momentum building for women's football at an all-time high after the recent World Cup, Antoinette says lots of aspiring footballers in the country are dreaming big. When they look at the national women's team now, they, they feel inspired by what they have achieved, you know, in most recent competitions that they've been in. So we're hoping to continue the work that we're doing to encourage more girls to get in the game so that in future they can be just like our national team players. And how much did the players follow the recent World Cup? Oh yeah, the girls, especially the national team, they have been following it quite closely through the social media. The experience they had last year going over to Australia for the for Pacific Nations Cup was I guess that drove them to keep following the women's game on a global level. How important was it for them to see women play at that huge level? Yeah, I guess Australia being a country in the Pacific and, you know, doing so well in the World Cup, it's an inspiration to them. 
not only Australia, but New Zealand as well. So I guess with countries being inside the same region, they they will sort of feel inspired by what they've achieved. And it will also force them to keep improving and keep growing the game here locally. Representing your country in any sport takes skill, determination and a lot of heart. The women Antoinette works with in the national team have come up against a range of challenges. Here in the Solomon Islands, we have a, you know, a very tough education pathway. So only, you know, limited number gets through up until university. So, you know, there's always a competition between sports and education. And it's not only education, but then also the culture that we have here. It kind of limits the girls from playing at a young age. In our homes, girls are expected to do the house chores. You know, the expectation is for the girls to stay at home and look after the house duties rather than go and play soccer or play any sport. But I guess in recent times, the national senior team have achieved a lot. And so it's starting to open doors for people to accept that women also can play football and achieve great things. What changes do you see in women once they start playing? A lot of women, you know, come to play for different reasons. You know, from the experience that I've had working with the Marist Football Academy, is a lot of children come out to play just for the fun of it. I guess those times are changing. They see that there are more opportunities available for them to play soccer and to get into the national team. There are a lot of players who have achieved a lot during their playing careers. One of the most players that have been highlighted throughout the Women's Nations Cup is the captain herself, Eileen Peggy. Um, She's been playing for a very long time now, and she's still there with the team trying to lead um, the girls to get the gold medal at Pacific Games. So just her, her resiliency and her leadership and her will and determination to to keep playing at that age, even being a mother, and then through the challenging times that we've had with COVID and all that, she still remains steadfast and keeps leading the team. So, yeah, she's a a good role model for for the girls. How is sport a release for some of the women who have personal troubles or any of them who might be dealing with negative issues? Yeah, I think sport plays a very crucial part in that aspect, yeah, especially football. Like I said, you know, with the experience that I've had, even at the grassroots level, you know, kids are coming out to play football for the fun, but also because it's a way of them to escape some of their own challenges back at home. So same with the senior national team, with the youth girls, you know, there's there's that, that, that challenge back at home that, creates, you know, limitations for them or creates some kind of negative atmosphere. So when they come to play football, it sort of gives them that escape and they get to play and have fun with other girls as well. Why is it important to have women's leagues? So we may have informal activities out there in the communities and in the provinces, but if we don't have any organized competition for these girls, then where do they get to play? Where do they get to compete? And where do we get to select our players to 
from our national team. That's Antoinette Minity, the Women's Football Development Officer for the Solomon Islands Football Federation. And thanks to all my guests today, Antoinette, Milika Fifita, and especially Visila Kolikakaru Langilangi. You know, sometimes the conversations I have with women on this show gives me the goosebumps. And speaking to Visila was definitely one of those times. Next time on Sisters, let's talk. Do you suffer from period pain? Let me guess. You mostly just put up with it. For some women, it can be so debilitating that it can stop them from going to school or work. There's a whole range of reasons why women can present with chronic pains. So what is period pain and do we just have to live with it? That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production presented by me, Hilda Wayne. Our producer is Alice Matthews, supervising producer is Kim Lester, and Falianga Fulu, Inga Stunsna, is our executive producer. Sisters Let's Talk is created on Wiradjuri, Nanawal, Nambri, Yagara, Turrbal, and Darunbal country. And we pay our respects to elders past and present. Emtasol na bungim you next time.